Hello, and welcome to Mindful Warrior Radio. My name is Cami Craig. I'm a former elite athlete and Olympic champion turned performance and culture design coach at Mindful Warrior. And I'm your host of Mindful Warrior Radio. Mindful Warrior Radio is a space we created to connect with incredible humans to share brave stories, authentic insight, and real knowledge. We're so happy to have you joining us. Today on Mindful Warrior Radio, we welcome entrepreneur, philanthropist, artist, and athlete, Matt Coulter. He is a leader in the nonprofit sector and his impact changed in a number of communities for over a decade. To name a few, Matt is currently inspiring change through the Immigrant Sun Cafe, the Beautiful Foundation, Educate and Elevate, and the 143 Collective. I personally believe when intelligence, creativity, and heart meets, you'll find Matt at the center. He takes an authentic and real approach to all the projects he's involved in and brings a warmth of humanity to everything he touches. I'm thrilled to invite my dear friend and his insight on today's episode of Mindful Warrior Radio. I am so pleased and excited to have Matt Coulter joining us on Mindful Warrior Radio today. Matt is a good and dear friend of mine, and we probably have our own podcast type of conversations weekly, talking about anything and everything. But super glad to have you here today, Matt, and excited to chat with you a little bit about how you're showing up in the world and the work that you do. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. And I know we've kind of been trying to nail this time down. So uh, appreciate you working with the schedule. And um, yeah, excited to have a chat. Awesome. So here's the thing that I know about you, Matt, is you're really, really good at talking about the foundations and the companies in which you work with and for but it's not often we get to talk about you. So I'm going to put you, I know I'm going to put you under the spotlight just a little bit today. Um, Matt has worked in the nonprofit sector and has primarily worked in the cancer space, which is incredibly thoughtful and courageous work. And I want to chat with you before you tell us a little bit about what spaces you're working in and what you're up to now, because you've always got stuff going on. I want to ask you a little bit about your your values, your true north, kind of your internal compass, and how that shows up in the work that you're doing. Great question. I'll do my best to, to give a thoughtful answer. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of cheesy and cliche, but you know, for me, I had um, before I got into the philanthropic space, I was in real estate and really kind of involved in like we all were when we're, you know, coming out of college or kind of getting into the workforce and trying to figure out what you want to do. You think you're going to light the world on fire. And I was lucky. I had a lot of early success um, in my kind of really early 20s. And for me, it got to a point where it just didn't feel as fulfilling anymore doing for myself, which, you know, we all have to, you know, we all have bills and aspirations and mortgages and, and things of that nature. But for me, it was kind of this idea of like, okay, this doesn't feel as good as it did, or it was real temporary. And so right. it took me a, and I've unpacked it now, but it kind of took me a long time to kind of figure this out. But for me, it was really about, and, and you use this all the time is how do I show up for somebody else? And 
kind of intentionally started doing that and not in some grandiose way, just kind of in my own little ways of trying to help people. And, and, and some, some days those things were minuscule and probably not even noticeable. And then some days they felt a little bit bigger and more significant. But as I started to kind of be more intentional in doing those things, I started to find so much joy and so much fulfillment in that. And it's, it kind of felt counterintuitive because it's what we, it's the opposite. I mean, we're always told to be nice and treat everybody how you want to be treated and all those things, but to actually live your life in a space of intentionally trying to show up for somebody else, whether that's somebody like your friend, Cammie, or your sister, or (laughs) your parents, or strangers, or whatever it may be. As I started to be more intentional in doing that, um, fulfillment kind of came back. And so to me, I've always been a pretty analytical person. Uh, I started to look at that and go, okay, well, I really like how I feel in this space. How do I, how do I spend more time there? And so that led me to kind of go down the path of, you know, kind of working in the philanthropic space and creating my own foundations and doing all that stuff. But it really was this idea of, I like nice stuff and I like doing things for myself, just like everybody. But when it came to like day to day and where do you find fulfillment for me, it was in creating ways for creating opportunities and resources for other people. Yeah. And I think it's interesting. I, you're using the word fulfillment and I think I have kind of a similar journey or I can come alongside of you when you talk about, you know, the work that you're doing prior to the shift of being in a space of serving others and finding joy in it. And I found a great deal of what I would use the words meaning and purpose in training with the U.S. national team and, you know, working towards a, you know, an Olympic medal and then leaving the athletic world where I was a part of a team and part of this bigger mission and working towards something greater than myself. And I went into outside sales right away. And talk about like deflating a heart. (laughs) It totally deflated my heart. And I thought like, okay, well, this feels like zero zero of my skills. And I'm just like pushing people to buy product. And this feels like really like it. Yeah, meaningless and purposeless. And so there's a fulfillment that you're feeling in the work that you're doing now. How is that tethered to kind of your your overall meaning and purpose and how you're showing up and does that all kind of align for you is it the same for you or it, it's been a journey I think for me and and, and everybody's mm-hmm. kind of stops at different destinations or different times in their life and different circumstances and so for me it was really about okay I've kind of figured out how to be successful in these different spaces whether it was real estate or or kind of some ancillary business ventures and so I kind of figured that out, but it wasn't fulfilling, right? Or it was, but it was temporary and it felt very, like, very selfish Um, and issues and things in my own mind (laughs) that I've, you know, had to work really hard to kind of start to deal with and and understand that, like, I think that the biggest thing, the two biggest things for me was not everything is zero sum. And this idea Mm -hmm. that, like, yeah, exactly what I said, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. And and I think that's really important early on in anything that you do, whether it's nonprofit or real estate, you know, we live in this world of instant gratification and 
like you said about your sales position, right? Like it's the opposite of that. It's, Hey, I'm going to hear a hundred no's before I hear a yes. And can I deal with that? And can I have the fortitude and the mental capacity to kind of understand exactly what you're doing and what you're signed up for? So I started to figure that out, but then I started to go, Oh wow. Okay. Like it just can't be about me. And I think that's where you found so much fulfillment in your team, right? It's not just me, it's us. Yep. And when yep. you go from having that to not having that, that's a massive change, right? And so oh, yeah. for me, I look at that because I grew up playing team sports and individual sports as well. But I wanted to figure out a way to reverse engineer that feeling, right? And, and really right. kind of pun intended, how, the really the, the, the reverse of it, right? So how do you take a family, an individual, somebody that's been dealt with a sh- bad hand, we'll leave it at that. I'm trying not to cuss, <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, you never know who's listening. Your mom's probably going to listen to this, which I love your mom. And, you know, she will. She's the best. Our single listener. <laughs> yes, I Thank love it. Thank you for those who I listen to Mindful Warrior um, Radio. <laughs> I really, yes. I really wanted to reverse engineer it. So I wanted to take a family or an individual that was, you know, dealt a bad hand or dealing with a tough situation. And how do you, how can we create a way for people to feel like they're a part of something, even in the worst of circumstances? And so it really brought me back to what we talked about earlier. And that's how do you show up for people? And I think the thing for me that I've learned through the course of kind of my philanthropic kind of part of my career was sometimes people just need you to listen and how powerful that is. And I've had some, Mm. some tough conversations over the years, talking to parents about their kids that are going to die talking to parents that are getting divorced because they can't make a a logical choice for their child that's dealing with cancer. And so once you start having those really, really intense conversations, it makes you realize that sometimes it's not about having a response. And sometimes it's not about having insight or value or whatever. Sometimes it's just about Mm -hmm. showing up and listening to people. And I think yep. we all get caught in this space of liking to hear ourselves talk, which I'm the biggest like mm-hmm. guilty party of all time. But <laughs> when it comes yeah. to work for me and I've, I've really figured out how to listen and I've, I've found the intrinsic value in that. And I think mm-hmm. I've been able to implement that into a lot of what I do, whether it's philanthropic things or, or for-profit business and startups and, some of the other right. things I'm involved in. Sometimes it's just about listening to people and going, Hey, I'm here to listen to you. Tell me what you're thinking and not sitting there yep. to try to have a response and not sitting there trying mm-hmm. to figure out, Oh, how do I take the blame off of me and put it back onto you? Or how am I? None of that. Just strictly sitting there and listening to somebody and having, and having an empathetic ear and just listening and telling people that you hear them. And that to me, I think is something that we need across the board in a lot of different sectors of life. And it's when you say it, it's so obvious, but when you're in life, it's, 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 it's way, it's very difficult. Yeah. I appreciate you bringing that up and what a powerful, what a powerful learning lesson and tool. And I think, like you said, it's, it's simple to say, and it's important to remind ourselves of, and just the awareness you need to bring 
to mm-hmm. any situation to know when you have to take a beat and you have to take a step back and you have to listen and or just the power of of that and offering that you do some pretty incredible work in the world which I'm I'm going to let you go nuts on that and burn fire to sharing what that is because again you are such a great spokesman of the work that you're doing and and as you should be and you should be so proud of it and I'm I'm really glad that you brought up this kind of learning lesson and this this awareness around listening and the power of that because I was curious of just you know what are for me, I just, I'm curious of like, what were the val like in your, your set of values, how you show up with all the work that you're doing. I wanted to know what do you feel is kind of a gift that you can bring personally. That's a little bit greater than the work that you're offering. And I'm hearing a listening ear, but I'm kind of, even if you were to deepen that and, you know, like showing up in acts of service and, and being there for families in a time of need, you know, what in your values or at your core do you think that you're able to offer or inspired to offer? Yeah, I think it's, uh, you said you mentioned something in that question, and it was about taking a look in the mirror. And a lot of people don't do that. Or a lot of people do it and don't like what they see. And when they don't like what they see, then they kind of hide it or they avoid it or whatever it may be. And we all have trials and tribulations in our life. And I think, um, I don't think that's an accident. I think that's something that's woven into what it means to be human, right? And can you get to a position to where you can authentically look in the mirror and not see the good things because we all see those, right? It's how can you look in the mirror and go, fuck, like where... (laughs) Like I have a lot of shortcomings here, here, and here. And am I willing to look at those? Am I willing to synthesize it? And then am I willing to make a change? And some people do and some people don't. And that path is different for everybody. But I think once you consciously make a decision to work on yourself and just try to be better every day, even even a tiny bit, all of a sudden what that does is it allows you to be authentic. And I think the authenticity, yep. when people are authentic in their life, I think it's, it, people radiate, you can see it, you can listen to it. It's sometimes, you know, sometimes people to refer, refer to it as an X factor or they have it. I don't know what it is, but they have it. To me, it's authenticity. Yep. And I think once yep. you possess that, you start to understand the powerfulness of it. And then for me, You know, it was something that I had, you know, I think we're both advocates of mentors and having people in our life that can help illuminate things that maybe are outside of our purview. And I've had, I've been so lucky. I've had a lot of people like that in my life, but you got to be willing to do the work and you got to be willing to look at yourself and go, okay, Mm -hmm. I like these things over here, but these things over here, I don't, and I don't like them for a litany of reasons. And here are these reasons. Right. And Now that I know what those are, am I willing to work on it? And I don't, I don't think most people do. I think there's a, I think there's a big chunk of people that ignore it and, or maybe aren't in a position, don't have the the luxury to really dive in and work on themselves because of a whole 
bunch of different circumstances that could be out there. But Mm -hmm. for myself, I was in a position to win. I kind of was forced to look at the mirror and and try to figure out, okay, who do I want to be? And what do I want that to feel like? To me, the work is worth it. And so I think once you're in that space of doing that work, I think it's your responsibility to show other people. And to me, those aren't usually words. I've always been like an action person. Like you can tell me all you want to tell me, but like, Mm-hmm. What do your actions reflect? And I've always kind of lived by that. Words are cheap. They're important. Words are very important. But when it comes to justification or working or whatever it is, uh, show me the money. <laughs> like, show me what you're doing. Not, don't tell me about it. And so I think that's been the biggest thing for me is is uh, the commitment to authenticity in my relationships. And that's a hard thing because you can lose friends and you can lose people that you care about and not lose them in a way that you never talk to them again, obviously. But I think when you're trying to make deep impact, when you're really trying to chase whatever you're trying to chase, not everybody's, not everybody's ready for that in their own journey. And so, yeah, I just think it's about authenticity, communication, and then being willing to do the work. I think those three things are probably the greatest lessons that I've learned. Yes, uh, really well said. And I think what stood out to me is you said like, you know, it's about who do you want to be and how do you want it to feel? So there's an Mm -hmm. essence of like feeling that, you know, you are experiencing like inwardly and like what the world is experiencing from that on the outside. And so it's cool that you brought up, you know, authenticity and how kind of that, that journey of looking in the mirror and and taking a look at, okay, what's good and what, what do I want to change and how do I show up and be the person I want to be, how it feels and have it feel the way that I want it to feel and be authentic in that. And I think one thing that I notice about the work that you're doing and how you impact communities is, you know, I've, I've, I've followed you on social. I have, you know, watched podcasts that you've been on. I'm like, I'm your fan. I would say I'm like a pretty big fan, Matt. Um, <laughs> I'm thankful for it, man. Yeah. I'm thankful for it. But and likewise, I think that's what makes life interesting, right? Yes, no, for sure. But there's an element of, of like authenticity. I mean, there's just a real joy. There's a real um, feel to the communities that that you're impacting and that you're touching and and it continues. It's not like a shot of, you know, inspiration or we're here and then we're gone. I mean, I've really watched you create some roots within these communities and have that, you know, I'm seeing the interviews of the families that you're impacting and, you know, just the events and the warmth within that. And I think that comes, that comes from a place of authenticity because you are, truly showing up in the work that you're doing and the work that you're doing is tethered to your values as we're, you know, learning through this conversation. And it is, there's a realness in it. It's not a business. And that's what I wanted to kind of get to. I wanted to have that be showcased, you know, on this podcast is that you have a serious true North and the work that you're doing within is also flows through the work that you're doing in the world. And I, you know, I think is like, I want to touch base with you because I think there's a lot of people trying to make impact in communities. 
And how do you do that authentically? Totally. And how do you do that continuously? And how do you keep showing up in that? And what has been your experience around that? Well, you you said it. You said it right there. And, you know, for, for myself, it's like, you know, there's probably 10, 12, maybe like 15 organizations that I've either created or been a big part of kind of the early stages of, and then, you know, a little bit more of a consulting role now. And then I have foundations that are hundred percent mine that we kind of run from the ground up. And, um, to me, it, it, it's very simple. I look at my life in a way I was born and raised in Southern California, just like everybody, you know, everybody's got hot childhood things that they go through. We all have them. But at the end of the day, as I got older, as I began to travel, I started to realize like exactly how fortunate I am. And, you know, I grew up in a household, you know, that was a broken home, a divorced home or whatnot, but I had parents that loved me and gave me a lot of opportunity. And so I think a lot of my like work, you know, we've kind of talked about hard work and, and showing up and those things. Like I've got really good mm-hmm. examples in my life of um, parents that grind it out, that know what, you know, they work and that was instilled in me. And then I kind of go, man, I've been given all these advantages, right? Yeah. From where I was born to who I was born to, to the socio, you know, ge- geographics, uh, socioeconomic, like all these things. And when you start to travel and get a little bit older, you start to understand, like, mm-hmm. I really did hit the lotto. Like, and I know it's a weird thing to say, but like, I really look at it and go, man, I've been so lucky and, and just been blessed with so many of these different opportunities. If I don't do something significant, yeah. What a waste. <laughs> like I really think about it in those terms. And, and so for me, I kind of think you start boiling that down to like legacy, right? Like, what do you want to leave? Cause we're all, it's, we're, we're here. It's so short. Mm-hmm. It's so tight. It's not, we think it's this grandiose journey and it's like, ah, the older I get, the, the, the more I think it's, it's a very short time that we're here. And so for me, it was, what do you want to do with that? And not only what do you want to do with it, but are you willing to think about it and formulate a plan and then have the plan not go exactly to, yep, to, yep. Uh, to plan, right? Have, have these variables and roadblocks and red flags and obstacles and all the things that we go through, right? Whether it's as an athlete or in a relationship or whatever it may be. But the, the, to, to take your words, kind of that true north for me was how do I build stuff that's going to a not need me to operate and to be mm-hmm. successful or to operate at a certain level? How can I create things that do that, that allow me to still be in, in control of my own time? Right. Cause I learned real early. I wanted to be paid for my value. I don't want to be paid for my time because you start getting paid for your time and you realize that like, it's a pretty short amount of time that you're actually here. And I felt like this since I was a little kid and we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. My brain goes a million miles an hour. Yes. And always has. And so I wanted to be, I want to be in a position to be able to capitalize on that. And when you're getting compensated for your time, you start to realize that like, wow, there's only these little amounts of time. And so for me, it was really about how can I take my skill set? How can I take what I've learned and how, how can I take that, that feeling of doing for others and how can I create a life of doing that? Yep. 
And I think once I identified what I wanted to do, then it just became about, okay, let's create the blueprint for it. Let's create the business model for it and then follow it and go do it. And then obviously knowing you're always going to have two steps forward, one step back and, and, and a lot of those things. But I think the thing for me, it really comes down to two things. It, it comes down to what do you want to leave behind and what do you want to do while you're here? And so if there's a way to tie those two things together, I think it can be advantageous. And so that's what I've been able to do with my kind of uh, my umbrella nonprofit, uh, 143 Collective, which essentially has turned into this thing that that I don't think I originally started out with this idea, but as time has gone on, kind of been able to move into the space of not only having a platform to build and create the things that I want to do, but mm-hmm. then being able to have that same platform to help my friends yep. and yep. To help them help other people. And it's, like I said, it's, it's kind of cheesy and cliche, but it's like helping people help people. It's kind of a mouthful, but if you think about it, for me, it was a perfect place to kind of uh, maybe drop anchor a little bit yep. and go, wow, okay, I have this skill set and I've developed these attributes, not only for my own life, but in building things that help other people. So if I can lend that to other people in a way that is authentic yep. and is uh, basic and simplistic in, in kind of the thought, because I think that's one thing that we all get lost in and we get lost in the details sometimes. And yep. when it comes to helping people, sometimes it's just about showing up. And so that's really kind of the the roundabout answer to your question is I think for me, it's about legacy and it's about showing up for people um, in real life and and in a way that isn't um, self-serving. I think that's the thing being in the philanthropic space. There's a lot of people that do things for, for not the right reasons. And and that's okay because I think sometimes the outcome is still good Mm -hmm. uh, for the people that need help or the situation. Um, but when it comes to authenticity, which obviously we've harped on a lot here, yep. to me, those are the people I want to be surrounded with because I think those are the people that are going places. And mm-hmm. I think those are the people that aren't waiting for other people to do the work. Yep. Yeah. Really well said. I think even, do you feel like you call those people in almost to you? Like, have you found in, cause like you said, you want to yeah, help people, help people. And there's got to be kind of this like through line of authenticity or like some sort of shared. Yeah, there's got to be a thread, yes. right? There's, yep. Yeah, there's got to be. And, and honestly, I've just been doing this so long now yep. that like I kind of can have a conversation with somebody and know. Yep. Yeah. And I don't know necessarily what the, the fortitude or the follow throughness of it's going to be. Yeah. But that's for me to find out in my company and, and how we kind of can assist and do whatever it is. And obviously situations are situational, yeah. but yeah. for me, it really is about just talking to people mm-hmm. because I think when it comes to authenticity, you start to learn people's story and you yeah. start to figure out where they come from and what makes them tick and the things that hurt them mm-hmm. and the things that make them feel good. And so how do you take all that and obviously with the underlying theme that they want to do good for other people, right. but how do you take all that information and synthesize it and put it into a, put it into a category, put it into an event or put it into a foundation yep. and go, Hey, this is who I am. And this is what I wanted to create to help people. And here's how we're doing it. And so when people talk about that, if it's real, you just know, Yeah, it's just a conversation to where it's like. Yeah. Like anything else, when you're talking about something that you're passionate about, that bleeds through. 
Absolutely. And I've got to give some love to you because the whole reason why we met was I was on a, a water polo trip in New York and one of my teammates said, oh yeah, we've got oh, a, yeah, we have about a that. yeah, we have a day planned to go visit, you know, children who unfortunately are going through the cancer journey right now at a hospital. I don't even know what hospital we're in. You could probably remember more than it was New York Presbyterian. There you go. Yep. And so it was me and three other teammates and we, we got to spend the day with some kiddos coloring and playing and dancing and it was in visiting and, you know, still for me, that was probably five years ago and it, it stands out to me, you know, it, it's, it's a really fond memory and a special one at that. And just the opportunity. I mean, like we were there to go to an event and we're partying and we're in the mix of, you know, like New York and we're in the thick of it. And here was this, this morning we got to spend and it was, it was important and it was significant. And that was an opportunity created by you. And it's like this gift of giving. You're like, here are people with a heart, a passion, a, a, a wantingness and a willingness to show up and give back. And boom, here's Matt just like <laughs> making it all happen and, you know, putting the connectors in place. And um, that was the start, you know, I think of us connecting and our friendship growing and developing. And I think for anyone who's listening, when Matt says that his mind moves 100 miles an hour, he's not kidding. I think between the time that I've met you to today, like there's just been so many fun ideas and visions and just creative conversations that we have shared. And more so that you've shared with me. I've been on the receiving end of like, here, uh, sounding board, what does this look like to you? And I'm like, I love it, Matt. <laughs> Go for it. Do it. Be great. And so yeah, I, I'd love to ask kind of what are you currently involved in right now in regards to what organizations do you have going on? What, what, yeah, what's going on in your world? Land me with where you're at and what you're doing. Yeah. Sick. Um, well, first of all, thank you for the, the nice words. I think it's, I don't care what you're doing selling cars, trying to help people, uh, athletes, who you know, and who knows you and who will say they know you. And so for me, you know, when I have friends that are in situations like you that have had greatness and have worked real hard for that greatness and then, you know, are, are the benefit of a lot of opportunities that come from, from, from hard work, when, when those people understand that, and want to give back to me that, that, that's the stuff I love doing is, is just kind of connecting the dots sometimes. And, and, and yeah. it sounds stupid, but like, it really is like in that circumstance, just being able to call my contact at the hospital, go, Hey, I've got some friends that are in town that happen to have some gold medals. Like yeah. they want to come and love on some kids. Yeah. And like that, that's a, it's easy. <laughs> like, that's not hard for me. I have those relationships and I can do those mm -hmm. things and I can vouch for people. And I, you know, I've earned that kind of, right. that, uh, opportunity to, to kind of for, you know, be able to go, Hey, these people are good. Just they'll see you on the 15th floor in 30 minutes. Like being able to do that is incredible. And so I try to fill my life with as much of that stuff as I can. But so to dive into what I got going on personally, and then professionally, you know, we talked about the restaurant that I have and I would be I got to mention it, Immigrant Son in Ventura. If you ever come through Ventura, uh, yes. my friend Alessandro and I opened a restaurant. It, I helped him. He opened the restaurant, but was involved from the kind of the early stages of it and whatnot. But we're uh, getting ready to open for dinner this week. So that's very, very exciting. But I will give awesome. a shout out to Alessandro because not 
We don't advertise it very often, but he's done an incredible amount of philanthropic efforts kind of through COVID and, and through some of my relationships. Um, the hospitals kind of, uh, with Immigrant Son, the name of the cafe, we've worked kind of with a couple different hospitals in Los Angeles feeding people. And, um, you know, for those families that don't get to go home and obviously being dealt difficult hands with COVID and cancer yeah. and everything that has kind of come along with that. The restaurant's been able to kind of uh, step up and help us feed some families there. So that's been super cool. And, and yep. honestly, like little things like that are just things that we have going on, but kind of some of the bigger, bigger projects currently kind of going on within 143 Collective, um, probably start with our Educate and Elevate program. Uh, my buddy Jeff and I have, he he and I together have created this game plan that essentially is going to help circumvent some of the hurdles from young people applying for college. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a lot of stuff that I can't necessarily get into, but right. we've got some proprietary software and some things that we've created that I think are really going to shake, going to rattle the cage a little bit in regards to how people apply for college. So um, there's a for-profit aspect, but then there's also a, a non-profit aspect kind of tied into that startup and it's called Educate and Elevate. And just about helping kids get to college. And look, I have a lot of friends that have been successful not going to college and a lot of friends going to college that have been successful. And so for for me, I don't like getting into that debate because again, um, situations are situational. And so for us, there's a lot of kids and a lot of families out there that college is a huge step in the right direction. And so we're really trying to advocate for those kids and, and then trying to create a business around it. Right. Cause I think you can do both in this day and age. You can, you can make money and you can help people. And so yes. really excited about that. And that's kind of in the, I don't know, we're about 80% of the way through. Um, so we still got some hard work to, to go, but I love it. This is like new, this is a new update for me. So I'm excited to hear about this. Yeah. So very excited. Kind of have kept it under wraps for the most part, just because I like to kind of, get it as far down the road as I can before I really kind of start telling people, but we actually had a really good meeting about it this morning. And, and so very excited about kind of some of the opportunities that are going to be springing up from that. And then gosh, the beautiful foundation, which I started with my friends, Nikki and Rihanna, they own 901 salon in, in Los Angeles. And we created beautiful foundation to help kind of solve the problem of women that need wigs from cancer, you know, that are fighting cancer. And so we've created a hair donation program to where anybody anywhere in the country, um, actually it's, We've actually received quite a few donations from Australia and, and, and Europe. So we're kind of global in that sense. But we've given people an opportunity to wow. cut off their hair and donate it to our foundation. And then what we do is we turn around and we take that hair and, and we turn it into wigs and hair pieces for people fighting cancer. Uh, primarily women, obviously. Um, but anything from working moms to little girls to, you know, young ladies, whatever it may be, we've kind of created this system to where, you know, we work directly with the hospitals and the child life specialists and the social workers to kind of make sure we're getting connected to families that maybe don't have the resources or don't have the financial means to get a wig. And maybe insurance doesn't cover it because wigs are expensive and but they're so important. And just for the. Yes the last 15 years worth of work that I've done in the cancer space and, and specifically with a lot of women, the first question is, am I going to lose my hair? And I under, I, I don't understand because I'm not a woman, but I'm empathetic to it. And just kind of living in that space for a long time, it was something that was um, I'm super proud of. And, and so for us, obviously during COVID that took a little bit of a backseat just for all the obvious reasons. But as we start to kind of come out of that, very excited about, um, where that thing is going to continue to grow and go. And, and 
even during COVID, I, I think we had over just over a thousand people donate their hair, which is pretty incredible. Um, and, and then, and then, wow. like I said, we're turning around and, and developing wigs for, for women and, and young women and kind of people all over the place. So that's, that thing's super special and it's very important. And yeah, I think that's, that's something that's mm-hmm. continued to grow and evolve and, and whatnot, but we've got it down to pretty much a science now to where we really understand those things. And then the only other thing that I'll kind of, cause there's, you know, this, there's too many things to talk about, but, uh, the other project that we're working on, I think I mentioned earlier, I've been involved in real estate since I was a little kid, just by proximity to my dad, who's kind of been in the, been in the title and escrow and development mm-hmm. and kind of that space for a very long time. So just growing up in that business, I've always kind of had a hand in it to a certain degree. And so working with a, a couple of my friends that are brokers and owners, they wanted to kind of develop a way to to get involved in the cancer space and giving back um, to their local hospitals. And so we're creating this thing called Agents vs. Cancer. And essentially what it's going to be is at the close of any transaction, whether you're a broker or you're a lender or you're an agent or an escrow officer, you know, you're always looking for opportunities to thank your clients, to, to you know, kind of show that you're committed to the community and, mm-hmm. and kind of, you know, making sure that you're you're doing your part as somebody that's participating within the community that you all share. And so Agents vs. Cancer is kind of teed up to, to do just that. So at the close of any transaction, uh, any one of the people that have participated in that tra- transaction can send a thank you note, a custom thank you note to, to their client just to be able to go, hey, thank you so much for the transaction. It was a pleasure to work with you. And oh, by the way, I've made a financial contribution to our local cancer hospital in your name. And then what we do with that money is we create different opportunities from kind of working with families specifically that don't have the resources or then working directly with the hospitals to kind of create a meals events to where we come into them, come into the hospital and feed the first, you know, first responders, you know, all the doctors and nurses and the hospital staff, but then also the families that, yeah. that aren't leaving. Because I think that's something that isn't talked about quite, a, quite often that for so many of these families that are dealing with a cancer diagnosis, yeah. those people aren't leaving the hospitals. And even the best hotel ca- or the hotel, best yeah. hospital cafeterias suck after like three days. So our whole thing with Agents First Cancer yes. was, well, yes. we understand we're not solving any problems, but we have an opportunity to come in and, and work with local restaurants and work with local, local hospitals to provide you know warm meals to families that can't leave. And it really is pretty elementary and pretty mm-hmm. basic. But mm-hmm. um, when you're in those environments, you understand how how important a warm meal and somebody actually somebody yeah. actually giving a shit like it. We, we live in this day and age now where everything's 100 miles yes. an hour. We're inundated with information all the time. And I think it's very easy to kind of just ingest things and then let it let it go. And the thing that I've learned, especially in the cancer yep. space, is A, um, everything that mattered yesterday does not matter today. And people don't, you know, people don't get cancer. Mm-hmm. Families get cancer. And what that actually means and looks like and does yes. to the family dynamic. Uh, I'm committed to, to doing my part in trying to help circumvent even the stupidest things of giving somebody a meal that's other than the cafeteria. And so Agents First Cancer is set up to do that. We're getting ready to hopefully, we're going to beta test it up here where I live, Ventura County, um, and then also LA County, just because I do a lot of work with CHLA mm-hmm. and then also UCLA Hospital, uh, Children's Hospital. So we're going to kind of beta it. And I've got a lot of friends in the real estate real estate space here, so it's going to be a pretty pretty easy play. Yeah. But um, 
yeah, those are kind of the three biggest things and I'll shut up there because I could talk all day, but those are kind of the three things plus all the other stuff that you know that's going on. So, um, and then we're going to swim with sharks up in San Francisco and raise some money for beautiful foundation. So that's probably a whole nother podcast. Yes. <laughs> I know. I know, but I love it. It's so important. And I think, you know, if anyone is not, you know, connected to or drawn into, one of the three things that you just talked about, I mean, like this, uh, hello, this is Matt Coulter. Like if you have a vision or like um, a way in which you want to show up in the world, but you don't know exactly how to bring it across the finish line, um, please yeah. contact Matt um, and he will make it happen for you. With all the time that he has, we'll make sure that you guys have his contact information. Um uh, and I think even too, like it, you, you know, I, I love how much you underplay yourself because it's small, small shifts, small changes can lead to major, major impacts. And I know you're showing up in major ways and I know you're showing up in small ways, but the, the biggest thing is that you continue to show up and be creative in how you do that and, and bring your heart and your wholeness and your authenticity to that, which is, is what we need more of in the world. And you're a leader in that space and, in, in you know, getting people behind that as well. I'm curious of here's kind of, you might feel it's a loaded question or not, but uh, I'm just would love your perspective or just to kind of brainstorm with you on how do we as humanity impact change and evolve into a more values driven society. I think in everything you're talking about is like it's values driven and it's impacting change. But how do we collectively do that? How do we get more people in the boat with us rowing? Great question. Um, I'll do my best to kind of give you a condensed answer because that's a that's a it's a big it's one of the biggest issues I think that we have right now. And I think mm -hmm. the first thing. And there's probably going to be a lot of people that don't like this, but I don't think we were ever meant to be connected the way that we're connected. I think mm. social media, there's so many positive things, but I think we blatantly have ignored a lot of the, the negative aspects of it and not teaching our young people how to use it. Because I think for a lot of us, we're first generation users, right? We've grown up yep. with it and we have it, but we don't know what the pros and the cons are. And then, so just from my own observation, take it or leave it, I just kind of go, man, I think it's a disservice when it comes to talking about the things that we're talking about, right? Like mm -hmm. we're in a pretty interesting time right now with inflation, with wars, with divide, right? Mm -hmm. And um, the division is the thing that I think scares me the most mm -hmm. because if we can't figure out that we all came from the same place and we're all going to the same place, regardless of whether we know that or not, or have thought about it mm -hmm. or whatnot, I really go this right. It's a perfect example. Something terrible happens. could be anything. And we respond, the internet responds, right? And whether it's, you know, hugs and prayers or, hey, we can't do this again, or we got to be better or, mm -hmm. or, 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 hey, send money to this GoFundMe, like we've lost. And those things are important. I'm not discounting supporting people or sharing right. or interacting. I think community is great. I think it's very important, but 
thinking that you can find that only online or only in VR or only in Web3 or whatever, whatever it may be on the internet, social media, Facebook, whatever it is, when you when you do those things, you have to realize that we have to show up in real life. And we have to be in a position to impact people on a day-to-day, even in a real basic way, opening a door for somebody, helping feed somebody that needs a meal, like these basic, basic things that I think we've ignored because it's easier to engage and it's easier to participate on my phone. The problems we're facing, just like any other generation, whether it's the depression or all the different, you know, downturns in economy that we've seen over over you know the generations, we we've turned into this thing where all we want to do is is look at these big problems and, and throw out these ideas of how we fix it. And like to me, the solution's right in front of us. And the solution is really how do you show up in your neighborhood? How do you show up? with your sports teams? How do you show up with your family? How do you, how do you make changes there? Because unless you're willing to make changes there, these grandiose ideas and thoughts and broad strokes that we have on how do we fix things, that stuff is irrelevant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If we're not willing to, to do the work on this real basic infant level. And I think we've fallen into this idea that it's really easy to participate on your phone Mm. and it's really easy to participate from your computer. And, and those things are great. And I know that's where the world's going and and that's fantastic. But I think we've, we've kind of forgotten the human aspect Mm -hmm. of it, right? Is looking at somebody and smiling and telling them they look good or, Hey, that was a good job. Like stupid shit, like things that you don't think about, but I know when people compliment me, it changes my day. Yep. Yep. You know, and I think we forget, we forget like what that does to other people. And, and I know that's a stupid example, but it really is like, just looking. It's not, it's so meaningful. It's like the basic shit, like, like bringing somebody a meal in a hospital. Mm -hmm. It's, I'm not curing cancer. We're not doing anything like that, but the impact I've seen it firsthand, not only in the person receiving, Mm -hmm. but the person giving. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the thing that we forget to highlight is that it's okay to feel good about doing good for other people. Yep. Yep. You can do that in a way without being braggadocious or, oh, hey, look at me. Because there's a lot of people that do that. They help a little Mm -hmm. bit and they want to shine the light on themselves. And that's cool. You know, everybody's helping for different reasons and, and I'll certainly take the help. But to me, it's the people and the emails and the text messages and the phone calls that I've gotten over the years from people going almost feeling guilty. Like they got more out of it than they Mm. gave. And when people get to that place, when they get to that place and they start to feel those things and experiencing providing somebody in a meal in a hospital, you think about it and you go, Oh yeah, that'll be cool. We'll help. But when you get there and you actually see the circumstances and the situations that people are dealing with, um, perspective is everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you got to recalibrate that thing from time to time. And I think that goes back to how we started this conversation. It's like, are you willing to look in the mirror? Are you willing to look at the the good parts of you and, and and maybe the things that could use some improvement? And I think 
you can take that analogy and, and obviously use it for the individual, but you can also look at that and use it from a community standpoint, right? Yeah. Whether that's America or your neighborhood or your team, are you willing to look at the things you need to fix mm -hmm. or the things that maybe aren't as good as you think they could be? And I think certainly over the last two and a half years with COVID and with the, you know, the social changes and injustices and, and everything that's been brought to everything that we've dealt with collectively as a community of human mm -hmm. beings over the last three years, I think has been incredibly intense. Right. Yep. And I think, I think we can all agree regardless of where you fall politically, where you fall racially, where you fall sexually, whatever that is, I think we can all look at it and go, Hey, I think there's some room for improvement. Yep. And can we look at those things and figure that out? And I don't know. I don't know. Again, this goes back to how we're all connected. I don't know if we can make those big changes and deal with some of these massive problems that we have until we're willing to look in our own closet and in our own homes and be able to look at our family members and the people that we interact with every day. The change has got to happen there. Yep first well because if it's not happening there it's not going to happen on this grand scale and again cheesy as it might be like it literally is just like fucking love somebody mm -hmm. like actually care about somebody and love on somebody for no other reason other than that you think they need it yep yep yeah and i think what a beautiful call to that's it yeah and what a beautiful call to action matt is it's not you're not asking for like universal change in a snap. You're saying, no. you know, start within, within your home, start with someone you love, start with smiling. Start with yourself. Yeah. Start with yourself. I mean, really it's Give, like giving yourself grace. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. that's a huge, huge thing that, I mean, that's been a big part of my life and in, in growth and trying to figure things out is like, yeah, like giving yourself grace. Yep. Yeah. Not using it, not using excuses as crutches, but going, damn, that I could have been better there. How do I, how do I just, how do I learn from that? How do I take that and, and mold it and make it nicer and shinier yep. and brighter and all those things. Right. Yep. And so, um, yeah, I think it starts with yourself and then I think it starts with your friends and your family and how you treat those people. And, and then who knows where it goes from there. Right. I think that's, but I think to me, that's the idea is if everybody kind of chips away in their own little kind of neck of the woods, maybe we can figure out a way to, to collectively look at some of the things in some of the situations and some of the environments that we've created and how do we maybe not dismantle those things, but how do we, how do we, um, maybe, maybe, maybe trim the weeds, yeah. right? Yeah. Like there's, there's a lot of things I think that we can look at and go, man, like, yeah, there's some deferred maintenance that I think mm -hmm. we need to fucking figure mm -hmm. out. And if we don't, I'm scared. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'm scared if we, if we don't figure out a way to consciously start looking at problems and, and, and not pointing fingers and not going, oh, you voted this way. Yeah. We like not to go down that rabbit hole, but until we can figure out that we're all in the same boat. Yep. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, 
it's not as it's far from a small undertaking, but I think the way in which you frame it and and more or less your call to action is quite approachable. And I think it's I think any any of our listeners or anyone, you know, of any walk of life can can start with having a real conversation with themselves and really looking at that that circle that they that they exist in and that they, you know, flow through in their own little ecosystem and start there. And I think it's a, it's a great thing for us to be reminded of. And I appreciate your answer in that because it's, it's inspiring and it's, you know, it's energizing in a way as well, because I think it can, it can get overwhelming and it can feel like there's all of this going on in our world. Like we're, you know, it's like you got one bucket and you're running around to a thousand fires. Yeah. So it's like, you're like, start with the little fire right in front of you and go from there. It'll all come together. No, like, I mean, all of that stuff. Yeah. The willingness to, to do the work and the willingness to, the willingness to do the things that you don't like to yes. do, but doing them in a way that you, that like, it's whether you hate it or love it, you're going to do it like you yep. love it. Yep. And to me, I don't even know where I first originally kind of heard that phrase because it's been, you know, put in a whole bunch of different contexts and people have used it in different ways. But I think it's that, um, it's the dedication to consistency mm-hmm. and the willingness to do the work, even when you don't want to do yep. it. Right. Cause that's the rub. We can all do it after we have a great conversation yeah. like this. You're out there, you're fucking hugging people and opening yeah. doors yeah. and all this shit. <laughs> but it's like when you're having a dog shit yeah. day, right. And you wake up and maybe you're, you're hangry yeah. or, or a deal didn't go the way that you wanted How to. Do you you show didn't up? Have a good game. How the night do you before. show up? How do you show yeah. up in that? Yeah. That to me is where I, where I try to look at people and, you, and go, yeah, and you, okay. you spoke to it. You spoke to the power of giving and what it, what it gives to the giver, right? So if you are in that day where you wake up and probably more. yeah, and you're not, you're not in your best self or you're not like go, even if it's hard to find a place to give, to connect, go do it and watch how it changes your day and how it'll shift things for you throughout your day. And I, I really appreciated that you brought that point up of just the power of, of giving and actually the joy that it gives the giver, not just the receiver. Um, I think that that was really important point to lift up and, and point out. So I have a question for you, Matt, because I know that you are very much inspired to work with the youth. Like I, we feel that there's a really deep importance of, as you say, passing the torch and just giving back to, to our, who's coming up in this world. I often will ask the question is like, what would you say to your younger self? But I would, I, I want to speak to the young people that you, and you can kind of take it from both angles, but speak to the young people that you're impacting at this moment. But what's, it's always hard to say, like, what's one thing that you would say, but you know, what's one kind of message you want to, would want to leave with them uh, based off this conversation we're having today? I love that question because I think it's, um, and I try to, in, in obviously doing podcasts and things, it's like, you don't get always the same questions, but you get, you get um, a lot of the like same context, right? Yes. But for me, and, and I don't talk about this with a lot of people, but I've got a pretty good like group of young guys that I've mentored over the years and, 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 and we do it in a very unofficial way yep. and, and people kind of ebb and flow in and out of that. 
And when I say mentor, um, it goes both ways. And I think that's the thing for me that I learned at a, that I learned early is in, in having mentors, you know, not only mentors, you know, my dad's been an incredible mentor to me, but mm-hmm. I've also gone out of my way to, to find men and women that I find inspiring and, uh, people that are doing things that maybe I want to do, or maybe I want to know more about. And I think the lack of value that is put on that, mm-hmm. it's important and it's talked about, but not in the way that it should be. Yep. Because I think you and I can both talk to that and, 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 you know, have testimony to that, that having a mentor and, and being willing to ask questions and not feel embarrassed and ask for help. Um, what I think a lot of people get lost in and something that I didn't learn until I was in it, just like how we were talking about giving not only helps the person that's receiving, but it also helps the person that's giving, right? Mentorship is the same thing. Mm-hmm. Because for me, a lot of the younger guys that, that I talk to or I mentor, whatever you want to call it, like I don't even, to me, those relationships, I, I can say this and they might say something different. But for me, I get more from them than I give 100%. And yes. maybe that's not true to them or whatever it may be. But that to me is vital because you can't know everything. And I think some of the most successful people in the world, the thing that they lean on is they understand what they're talented at and they understand where they're not. And, and I think you have to be willing to look at people that you are inspired by and you got to look at the fact that Sure, they've had all this success, but where is all the failure, right? Because we've put this stigma on failing. And to me, the only way you get to where you want to go is by falling on your face. Yep. And then getting up and going, okay, well, that didn't work. So now what? And so to me, I think the thing that I would tell my younger self is it doesn't have to be perfect. Put it out there and figure it out. Yep. Right? So I think... That would be the advice is don't get so lost in the details on things because I do overthink things because I have the ability to, to synthesize a bunch of different things and a bunch of different variables all inside one problem. And that can be a blessing, but it can also be a curse. And so I had to, the thing that I had to learn was how to differentiate when it was good to do that and when it wasn't good to do that. So with that said, the biggest hurdle for me was, Hey, like, Get it to a certain point and then Mm -hmm. put it out there because you're not going to know whether you're building a business or starting a nonprofit or telling somebody how you feel like you're going to overthink it. So you might as well, you have to put it out there to figure out what the next step is because sometimes you can't forecast that, right? You just kind of, there's too many variables. And so that would be my biggest advice to myself is don't overthink it. Yep. And in that same vein is nobody cares. (laughs) like we get so caught up in this idea that everybody cares yeah and i think that's the thing that i've learned is nobody cares (laughs) like and and i don't mean that in a bad way i mean it in the way that all the people that you're probably inspired by all the people that you have drawn inspiration from whatever that is right those people don't care because they're doing their own thing yes and so i just would I try to always advocate for, for that next generation to, to not worry about it. Yeah. 
and to know that like all the greatest people, all the most successful people, all the people that are actually out there shifting culture and changing things for the positive, they're not waiting on anybody and they're not second guessing themselves because if you don't believe in yourself, why should I? Yep. Yeah. And if you want to go be great at something, go fail. Like that's the best place to start. Well, it's the only way. It's the only way. It's like not to, but like for you, like right hand, left hand, right? Like how many years did it take you to get to a place to where you felt confident with both hands, right? In your sport and what you're doing. That didn't happen overnight. No, no. Right? It's this idea we do. We live, we post something and then we want to see the comments and we want to see the likes and the shares and all that shit. Yeah. But when it comes to putting in the work, you get, sometimes you got to, I was talking to this young guy yesterday that's getting started in commercial real estate and I've spent a lot of time in that space and we were having this conversation. I was like, yeah, dude, you're not going to make any money for probably at least two years. And his eyes got so big when I said that. And, but it's the truth because you're inserting yourself into something new and there's a whole bunch of other people that do it better than you. And are you willing to jump in the deep end and figure it out? Yep. And so I think those are the kind of those pieces of advice, right? Don't worry so much because nobody cares. <laughs> Go and jump in the deep end and figure it out. And not everything has to be a hundred percent when you put it out Yep. because it's just like with the podcast and me doing my little podcasting, like those first couple episodes are so bad. And even the last couple episodes are really bad, but you can see I get better at it. And so I think it's that idea that some of the greatest accomplishments are things that take time. Yep. Absolutely. And be willing to put in the work. And, and if you don't like the grind of it, if you don't like like the stuff that nobody sees then it's probably not for you, because I think that's the only, that's the only real true gauge, right? Is you, well you know, said. if you did the work, mm-hmm. You know, if you showed up early, you know, if you showed up at all, Mm -hmm. you know, if you showed up for somebody else or you showed up when you said you were going to be there, you know, but most people suppress that when it doesn't go their way because they don't want to look at it because it doesn't feel good. Yeah. This all ties back to the beginning of this whole conversation of taking a beat to look in the mirror and connecting to authentic self and showing up accountability. Yeah. And showing up and starting, starting small and letting it kind of build and evolve from that. And don't like, I know you said nobody cares, but it's like almost don't take yourself too seriously. Just take yourself and give yourself the chance to go for it. Yeah. No, I think, you know, like, I appreciate all the insight. All of that. Yeah, I appreciate all the insight that you've shared, Matt. And just, I mean, you just a continuation of the way that you're showing up in the world, the insight that you've brought, and just being real here today and just telling it like it is, which I don't know you any different than that. Um, so I'm beyond proud to be your friend and continue to learn from you and be inspired by you. And likewise. Yeah. Likewise, that's enough compliments. I don't need any more. Are you squirming <laughs> no, over there? But, um, yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, I think it's a testament to like really looking at things and going, regardless of what you believe in, it's like you kind of get one go round. And what do you want that to be? Mm-hmm. And what do you want that to feel like? And for me, yeah, I've got some plans and and, and whatnot, but, but it also really is just about like, what do I want every day to feel like? 
because that's all we really get, right? Is like, yeah, hopefully I get to live to be 150 or whatever it is, but it's like you get today. And what do you want that to be like and feel like? And I think if you look at things that way, I just want to squeeze every drop out of it. I love it. I absolutely love it. I just want to squeeze every drop. Well, go live each day. That's the call to action. No big deal. Get out there in the streets. Just get out there in the streets. (laughs) Thank you so much for your time and and showing up for me here. I appreciate it. It was so good. I was looking forward to this. Oh, I'm same. So thank you so much and excited to see what you've got cooking next for yourself. Um, I always keep an eye out for you. I love it. All right. Thanks, Matt. Likewise. Thank you to those who joined us today as we discussed the power of listening, how to connect and give yourself permission to be fully authentic, and where to start impacting change to a more values-driven culture within the world. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take the opportunity to share with a friend, follow Mindful Warrior Radio, and leave a review. To learn more about Mindful Warrior and Mindful Warrior Radio, Please follow us on Instagram at The Real Mindful Warrior and check out our website at www.mindfulwarrior.com. I look forward to our next discussion here on Mindful Warrior Radio. Until then, stay thoughtful and courageous. Thanks.